Hi guys, you're listening to the Not The Top 20 betting show with Black Type Bet. Black Type, our season sponsors, all season long have been offering you, the listener, a chance at a £10 free bet. Uh, simple, really. Just sign up to Black Type. Give it a go this weekend. You don't need to deposit anything to get the free bet. Just open an account. Use the offer code NTT20. You get a £10 free football selection. So give Black Type a go this weekend on your football coupon. Have a go with maybe one of our picks from today. Maybe something you fancy yourself. We also have another offer from black type scoreboard it is you guys know the drill by now we ask you to predict a game that will be nil nil and a game that will have over 4.5 from the slate of efl fixtures we had a winner last weekend congratulations to phil he won a 20 pound free bet from black type and you can too so tweet us your picks at ntt20 pod at black type bet ahead of this weekend george we're recording this wednesday evening you're a busy man in the second half of the week and it's that Damn horse racing again. Off to Aintree, is it? Yeah, on the uh, 7 past 9 tomorrow morning from King's Cross. So, um, yeah, we've got to record this now over the phone, sadly. But it is good because it means that we get the early value, I guess. So uh, nothing wrong with recording it early and making sure we get those juicy prices before the shrewdies take it all. And excited for Aintree? Work, pleasure, a bit of both? Definitely work. Um, (laughs) Yeah, definitely work. Uh, having spent a whole week at Cheltenham, I mean, obviously, I'm very excited to go, but I, I think I'd, I'd happily watch this one on the on the telly. But um, and I'm going up on my own, so it's going to be a lonely old time in Liverpool. But if anyone listening to this uh, maybe fancies meeting for a pint and watching the uh, the Friday night football, then let me know, and we'll see what we can do. You've done a, a brilliant podcast, haven't you? Uh, previewing Aintree and, and and a couple of different episodes out over the next few days. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. We did uh, one for each day, and they, they are out. They're the Odds Checker podcast, so you can find them. And the same place you're probably listening to this. Now, normally when I tell you to tell me about last week, it's with a heavy heart, but a spree in my step this time round. Finally, a positive week for myself. Well, is this going to be like the story at the end of the season? Is it going to be Ali closing in on George? Um, I thought I was, you know, the, the I'd say the loser, the better loser of two rather than the winner, given our records. But you are plus 4.65 last week. All three of your selections winning um, in the leagues, including your nap. Um, the double nap obviously won, which was handy for me because I didn't do too well otherwise. Uh, the Morecambe nil-nil looked very, very good indeed until about 10 minutes to go, which was a massive blow because if that, if that had come in, I'd be in the green. Um, but you are minus 26.52. I'm minus 8.11. And not only am I trying to get into the positive now, I'm also looking a little bit over my shoulder. Um, I don't want you to get too close. Our match in focus, there was only one game, wasn't there, that this could possibly be. First v second in League Two. And that's MK Dons in second against Lincoln, the league leaders. MK Dons at home with the best home record in the league. They're playing Lincoln, who have the best away record in the league. 18,000 expected at Stadium MK for this one. MK Dons, the home team, 11-8. to Lincoln, 21-10. to And the draw, 9-4. to This is absolutely mouth-watering, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it looks like an incredible game. Um, I think it's a bit of a shame that, that Lincoln are as far ahead as they are. They've got an eight-point cushion on MK Dons, which even if MK Dons can shorten that down to five, with five games to play, you can be fairly confident that Lincoln um, will have... I mean, they look to have enough um, points in the bag. I've said uh, that I think that MK Dons are the best team in the league. I think that's kind of reflected at the moment in the prices where, you know, at a neutral venue, I think the price difference between the two would not necessarily reflect the gap between them in the table. Um, so, it's, it's, yeah, it's a great game between two teams who, who are, 
you know, promotion elect uh, MK Dons. It's a bigger game for them with just the three points ahead of Mansfield. I mean, Mansfield and MK Dons were the two big winners on the Tuesday night fixtures, seeing both Berry and Tramia drop points in games where we probably expected them to at least pick up one. Um, so that was was huge for them. And, and if MK can get a result here, uh, not only will that put them within distance of, of Lincoln, but it'll also probably cement their place back in League One next season. Yeah, you've always been a big fan of MK Dons, the, the best team in the league, you say. Not the best team at winning games, though, up, up to this point of the season. I was taking a, a deeper look at Lincoln earlier. Um, they've just lost the one in their last 24 league games. That was against Crewe on Boxing Day. They've been top of the league since the beginning of September and they've only lost four times this season. And uh, that kind of sums up what I'm what I'm going to talk about with Lincoln. I keep coming back to, after quite a lot of researching and going through things earlier, you just keep coming back to the word strong. They are just, no matter what facet of their game you're talking about, the word is, is strong. Uh, defensively is probably their, their best aspect, the best facet to their game. The Fox Punter ratings have themselves and Mansfield, the only two teams in League One, who have conceded uh, less than one expected goal per game on average uh, in the league this season, and they're just a couple of ticks better than the Stags. They've only conceded 19 goals from open play in 40 games. So just scoring against Lincoln is is you know something that most teams can only dream of. Now going forward, you know they're not Berry or Mansfield or MK Dons. They're not a team that dominates and in terms of chance creation um, quite a lot of the time. And they don't, while they do play on the front foot, they're, they're not a sort of, they don't necessarily wear you down with constant possession, but they wear you down in many other ways. Um, 33 goals from set pieces. Uh, this is Instat uh, giving me this data. So corners, free kicks, both direct and indirect, penalties and throw-ins. They've scored 33 goals this season. The next best is 24. Uh, and the league average is 17, so double the league average. So just a very strong team. They win their duels, they win their aerial battles at a higher rate than almost anyone else, the second balls. They're such a hard-working team, which is something you don't often say when you talk about the very top teams, because generally you talk about their quality and their skill. I don't mean to be condescending to say they're a hard-working team. They, are just, they just wear teams down so much. And in these tight games, invariably this season, they've, uh, they've either drawn or they've won them by one goal. So... It's interesting to look that Akinde, their, their main striker, the big summer signing, he's only got six goals from open play this season and another eight from the penalty spot. Um, he's got a massive workload in terms of being a target for their play, which is direct at times. And he has shown that side of his game much more than I thought he had in his locker, actually, just from what we saw against Barnet. I've had to slightly reconsider Akinde as a striker, he's he's been frankly a fantastic target man for them, uh, and and with the the quality of Bruno Andrada, who's really the sort of jewel in the crown, the real the guy who can give them something a bit special playing off the left. Um, that you know they they clearly carry a big a big threat. And MK Dons, George, they they're just sort of the first thing that springs to mind with them is sort of shot volume, isn't it? They just they just create a lot of chances. And, and, and I think you mentioned the word domination, which is really important here. I, I think there are there are parallels to be drawn between these two teams, and uh, and the you know last season's top two in Accrington and Luton, where it was Accrington who won the league and Luton who came second. Um, back when Chris Wilder's Northampton won the league and it was Michael Appleton's Oxford United that came second. You know the, the teams at the top of those ones are the the best functioning teams, and that's what you kind of said there with Lincoln, the teams who are eking absolutely everything out of their their players who have set up in an unbelievably organised way. 
and are therefore very, very hard to beat and very, very hard to score against. Whereas I'd argue that MK Dons have the more talented squad um, who often, you know, slightly disappoint to put in performances that don't necessarily get the results, who struggle to get the results over the line. So, you know, when I say that I think MK Dons are the best team in the league, it's not to say they should be champions. Um, and, and as you mentioned, they're, 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 they struggle to almost convert their dominance into the results they should have. I mean, I tipped up um, the other day uh, MK Dons to win kind of 5-6 and 7-0 against Yeovil. In the game, they ended up winning 2-0, but had the chances again to win it, to win it kind of 5-6 or 7-0. So, but at home, they are very, very strong indeed. Um, you look at their recent home results and, and, and they've, you know, they've won um, five of their, or I think it's five of the last seven. Um, they've scored in all of those games as well, um, at least two in, in, in uh, four of them and just the one against Crawley and Stevenage. So they don't struggle to, to hit the back of the net necessarily. It's just not converting the dominance into the dominant results, even if they do get the wins. Uh, Lincoln, on the other hand, away scoring record is absolutely absurd. Um, they haven't drawn a blank away from home uh, in any competition since uh, the 27th of October um, when they went to Colchester. And that is pretty astounding. Uh, and in the games, you know, they've turned up to these big games very, very well indeed. You look at the three-all draw at Berry, which was an unbelievable uh, fixture where both teams really, um, the, the attacking onus was on there uh, compared to the Mansfield game where they went behind very, very early and got back into it with a, the John Akinde penalty and drew one all, and they beat Forest Green 2-1 as well, at a time where Forest Green were kind of knocking on the door of the automatic promotion places. So there's enough evidence there to suggest that they will be able to cause MK Dons lots of problems. I don't think MK are going to have uh, the game to themselves the way they have done in most games this season, necessarily. Um, but as I say, the onus is on them. It's a more important game for them. Um, whereas for Lincoln, even if they do get beat here, they still have that five-point cushion. Uh, so my pick is is for both teams to score. Um, I just think that both teams have, have you know, if you're, if you're looking at stats-based stuff, both teams have consistently scored either at home or away. Uh, where they are here, you mentioned them, kid, onto the best team at home. You mentioned that Lincoln are the best team away from home. With a bumper crowd there as well, I cannot see uh, a, a situation where either team settles uh, and sits back and settles for, for anything else. So, And also, even though we, we think of Lincoln as a defensive team, um, as I mentioned, that Berry game, which was a top-of-the-table clash, was a really uh, you know, enthralling end-to-end game with a similar kind of profile going into it, as, as was the, uh, the Mansfield game. Even though um, it was only one all, it was another game which had a big profile surrounding it, and, and Lincoln did manage to get past uh, Mansfield in the end. So, yeah, four to five, um, it's nothing particularly flashy. Uh, I wouldn't really want to back either team in the prices. I thought about putting a draw in there, um, but I think I'm just going to gonna try and take the, the easy W with BTTS. I've gone a little bit more wacky here. I've gone for the 1-1. <laughs> one, one. The one-all draw at 5-1. to one. Uh, I mean, the, when I was uh, an even more muggy punter than I am now, I used to think like if I sat down to watch a game on Super Sunday or something, if it was between you know some of the big four, I just always used to back 1-1. One, one. And it was, just, it was more of an anecdotal thing. You know, it felt like the big games were always 1-1 and uh, I'm reverting to type. Um, it's it's 5-1. to one. And look, a quarter of Lincoln's games this season have been 1-1. So they've played 40 games. 10 of them have been one all. They've only kept one clean sheet in 14 games against teams in the top 10. So uh, for all the reasons you've said, uh, for all the reasons I've mentioned earlier, you know, we talked about Akinde on six goals from open play and eight from the spot. 
Agard has 19, Anike has 16 for MK Dons, and Heskith, who came in in January, sort of plays behind them. Not as natural a goal scorer, but, but very good technically. A really a star player, to be honest, for this MK Dons team. So one that we're really looking forward to, as you can tell from the extended match in focus chat should be an absolute cracker so keep your eye on the game and i'd also i'd just say just to give you some credit there's actually probably some betting theory in what you just said um nice you know you call it mug punting but if you think well no i mean a lot of these things you have to think of it kind of uh, you know without without real uh, match by match context but general context and if you think that these games where a win is so important and a one goal is is so massive and that lead is is of such value that realistically you're not going to want to go on and get the second then that makes one all of a very likely result because naturally you're going to sit back and try and defend that lead. So, you know, good betting theory. I like it. Thanks. Last words, and I'm sure neither manager would say this out loud or agree with me, but deep down they know it. Both teams, I believe, would take 1-1 all day long. Does that mean they take 0-0? Because in which case I am in a bit of trubs. But we'll yeah, see. but they're, they're, they're too good to just play out a 0-0. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's move on. I think we've said all there is to say about that one. Uh, what's your best bet in the EFL? What's your nap this weekend, George? So, so the nap is um, is Portsmouth away at Wickham. Uh, I laugh because, I mean, I, I'm happy to put two points on this now, but anyone who listened to the Monday show... You messaged me about this. On, I think it was Sunday afternoon, practically. I'll be, um, I'll be looking at the team news very, very closely. I mean, in, in top flight football, for example, last night, Wolves were, were you know, 4.2, a touch over 3-1 to one on the exchange. The teams came out and within about 10 minutes, they were 3.2, so just over 2-1. to one. So, you know, team news is really important and, and makes a big difference in terms of pricing. But if even Matt Callambay is uh, starting in goal for Wickham, then in my opinion, Portsmouth's odds should um, be cut very, very quickly. Unless um, some very shrewd men out there are listening to this podcast and uh, hadn't realised before um, hopefully that's not going to happen here. Um, or, and if it does, hopefully it's not my doing. I'm pretty sure that, um, you know, anyone who's worth their salt, who's looked into Wickham should hopefully see that his presence in the team probably increases the, you know. For those heathens that didn't listen to the Monday pod, this is this is the goalkeeper, isn't it? Makalambai. I said he Makalambai. It must have sounded like another word. Well, I just saw him in the flesh. Um, yeah, which is actually very rare, given that he barely ever plays football, <laughs> um, and he looked just absolutely terrible. And Oxford only had three shots on target and scored two, neither of which he was at fault for. But um, his his attempts to deal with crosses and stuff. I mean, I'd absolutely love to see a game with with you know <laughs> with the likes of Hawkins or Pittman or Bogle um, just stuck on him and swing balls in because that's going to be hilarious. So he is a player that I want to get against. Um, but even if 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 they do bring Allsop back. Um, I think this is a, a knocking bet as well. Portsmouth's away form early in the season was so, so good. It, it massively, massively faded. They're starting with a defeat at Oxford. Then they went down 3-2 at Pompey. And they lost at Charlton, drawing away at Plymouth and Southend. I mean, those losses you can forgive them for. I mean, Oxford have been very, very good at home recently. Luton and, and Charlton are two of the best home teams in the league. Plymouth was in the middle of their kind of their, their run back up the table. The South End result is troublesome, um, but they didn't. But they didn't uh, fail to score in any of those games. Uh, in fact, they've only failed to score once in the last, I think, maybe possibly in any away game this season. And uh, no, just twice, twice they failed to score in away games this season at Doncaster and at Gillingham. Um, and I think they've got more than enough here to get past a, a Wickham team who are struggling at home. They haven't won their last four at home. Um, they were beaten by Accrington last time they were there. Um, they are being sucked into relegation battle, having been pretty well clear of it. And you can't really 
begrudge them a bit of panic now. Um, and this is a game, you know, if they could choose any team to play against now, I think Portsmouth's pretty much the worst. Uh, Portsmouth on the back of, you know, a, a, a very morale-boosting checker trade victory. Uh, that was on Sunday, so there's going to be no fatigue issues. They've got six days to recover. And having said that, their squad is so ridiculously bloated that that wouldn't really matter either. Um, Jamal Lowe's back, back to form. Ronan Curtis looks like he could be back after that bizarre uh, finger injury. Um, and their plethora of strikers. I mean, James Vaughan doesn't get a look in at the moment. And I think if he played for the opposition, he'd be quite comfortably their best player. So, yeah, at 11 to 10, I'm amazed this isn't odds on. Um, and Portsmouth have no trouble getting points on the road either. So, yeah, if, if, if this was at Fratton Park, it would be much, much shorter. And I would not convince that would be much of, an, much of an advantage. Well, Portsmouth's away record, absolutely sensational, as we know. Kenny Jackett must be um, gutted that he can't use the old championship manager 0102 cheat of having Hawkins mark the goalkeeper. Um, guaranteed three goals a game and three goals disallowed for offside, that was. And uh, and Hawkins would be great at that because he's so tall. Um, anyway, Jacket does not have that available, unfortunately, but we're hoping for a Pompey win there. My nap, well, I'm climbing aboard Streaky Lee Johnson. If he can actually carry my weight, I'm not sure because he's he's not a... He's not a big man, but uh, I'm going to ride him all the way to victory against Wigan. They're back at Ashton Gate, Bristol City, and what an unbelievable week they've had. Beating Sheffield United, beating Middlesbrough, moving into fifth place in the league. They've still played a game less than many of the teams around them, and they're just in absolutely sensational nick at the moment. Um, Their defence is as good as ever. Um, we saw the ability to switch formations both against Sheffield United and against Middlesbrough where they moved to a, a sort of 3-5-2 type thing. I would expect them to move back to a, a, a four at the back. Um, and to be honest, even discussing Lee Johnson being tactically flexible, which we did on Monday, uh, is kind of in direct opposition to Paul Cook, who has only, as far as I can tell, ever played one formation, 4-2-3-1, one of the least tactically flexible managers I can think of in the championship and uh, apart from moving his right back Reese James to central midfield because he was just too good to be playing right back um, I, I just I massively think that especially given form uh, and uh, Lee Johnson sort of got one over him uh, in this uh, that remains to be seen what is undeniable is that Wigan have the worst away record in the EFL. And this is a huge, huge failure, a huge failure of their season and massively head-scratching as well, to be quite honest with you, because this was a team who was so dominant, both home and away, in League One last season and who have stepped up to the Championship, been able to maintain a semblance of her home form and haven't been able to sort anything out away from home. Six points from 19 games is frankly horrendous uh, one win three draws and 15 defeats 15 defeats from 19 games I'm just a bit surprised just off the base of that why Bristol City in fifth would be even money uh, to win this game at home against Wigan just given Wigan's away form uh, so you know that was the initial thinking and there wasn't too much to put me off I mean Bristol City there's an argument to say they're more effective away from home than they are at home, they seem to press more intensely away from home, uh, which is a little bit strange. But I just think in good form, in high spirits, Corey Smith back in their midfield. Him, Marlon Pack, Josh Brownhill, very tasty midfield three. We know they've got a, a squadron of wide players to choose from uh, if they do move away from the wing-back system. And if they don't, Jada Silver's form down the left has been sensational. So 
with Jeju, uh, who gets a lot of stick at times, but who I think has a massive workload in that Bristol City team and does a job that not many other strikers in the league could do physically and as a target uh, and chips in with goals as well and linking up well with Vyman recently, who, as you reminded us the other day, was once the best finisher at Villa, we were always told. After Nathan Delfonso left, I think that was the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after Delfonso. And I'm taking Bristol City uh, as my nap. They're evens to beat Wigan. And, yeah, uh, that's my that's my championship pick. So Oh, lovely. And I've got nothing really more to add except, to, I mean, I think possibly the reason why Bristol City's form away from home is better is they strike me as a team who are, who are better, you know, maybe better not when in kind of possession as much. You think of players like Vyman and, and players like O'Dowder who maybe just benefit from having that little bit of extra space in front of them. So even in the game at Borough midweek, you know, Borough had the lion's share of the ball and I think that, that plays into um, the way that Bristol City play and the way that they can exploit that space. Um, and I think the reason we're getting this price is just their last three games, Ashton Gate, you've seen them lose to both Birmingham and Leeds and fail to put away Ipswich, which um, is probably where we're getting our edge here because Wigan are absolutely desperate away from home. And um, yeah, this I, I think the market generally underestimates Br- Bristol City. I mean, a bit of after timing here, but I backed Bristol City on Tuesday night. At nearly um, at just over five to two, I think it was eleven or four um, at Borough, which again just seems a massive, massive price. So one to uh, and the streak, you know, the, the 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 rot has stopped and the streak has begun. So all aboard the uh, the city train. Do you think Lee Johnson could carry me? Do you think he could carry me on his back just physically? No. Okay, that's a shame. Well, metaphorically, he's going to have to, and, and his uh, his team of Robins, that's what I'm after. He definitely wouldn't be able to carry both of us. Although I reckon Famara Jeju probably could. If you jumped on his back and I jumped on your back, I've got a feeling um, Fam Jeju could, could probably handle that. Anyway, Yeah, I agree. I'm with you. Anyway, he's got, you know, Dunkley and Kipre to deal with instead, or Danny Fox, which would be great news, I think, for our bet, if Danny Fox is in the starting lineup. Let's move on, shall we? League One, my pick in League One is... I couldn't really decide between Fleetwood at home to Southend. Just we're not really sure what Southend are going to look like under Mr. Bond. But uh, I'm going to swerve that one because it was quite short. I'm going to take Wimbledon to beat Accrington at 7-5. to five. I feel like I've picked Wimbledon a disproportionate amount recently. And considering they've won, I think it's seven of their last 10 games, I'm not actually sure I've been on any of those wins. So uh, here's hoping that's going to change. They're at home to Accrington and... It's fairly straightforward thinking here. Uh, while Wimbledon's home form all season has been fairly poor, uh, they have beaten Doncaster and, and Peterborough at home to nil in recent weeks. We know that in their rec- well, in their only two defeats in their last 10, they were ahead in both games at home to Gills and at home to Charlton. So aside from their actual victories, Wimbledon are showing like clearly better than relegation form and there's enough games uh, to go to see them move away from it. So I kind of think at this stage, although Accrington have two points more over the course of the season, if you take a chunk of, let's say, 20 games, which seems like a fair chunk of football, Wimbledon clearly the better side for me. And, and you know, teams do change over the course of a season. Wimbledon have clearly got a lot better, clearly settled into that 3-5-2 system uh, and, have, and have found ways to win in a way that they didn't at the start of the season. Now, almost the direct opposite for Accrington who only lost one game um, in their first 11, I think it was, and carried on that good form from their League Two title winning campaign. But basically since mid-November, since the November international break, they've been on a desperate run. Um, Just a a sea of red. I'm looking down their results now, and they're just losing, losing, losing. They've lost six of their last seven. 
Um, they're, they're in miserable form. You mentioned them beating Wickham and I would put those two very much in the same bracket as the moment. Teams who are in absolute free fall in League One. Accrington played uh, Sunderland on Wednesday night. They've been beaten 3-0. There was an early goal. I can't imagine they, they had a huge amount of fun in that game uh, on a, a pitch that keeps getting slagged off. Um, I'm hoping that's going to take something out of their legs. No disrespect to Accrington, but I just think Wimbledon in form, in confidence, and Accrington with a complete lack thereof, based on what Daryl Clark was telling me, which I mentioned on Monday, uh, nice name drop there, um, about the, <laughs> about the difference in, in feeling as you step on the pitch as a team in, like Wimbledon who have been in the relegation zone for the whole season versus a team that is you know treading water trying to avoid it. I think... That makes a big difference. So at 7-5, to five, Wimbledon, my League One pick, uh, which leaves us League Two. Where are you going this weekend? So, mate, I've got one of your favourite games. Well, I'm going to read out something and you've got to <laughs> tell me who it is. Okay. You ready? Yep. Whose run of league home matches is this? 3-2, one 1-0, 2-0, 1-0, 1-1, 4-1, 3-1. I think that might be Cheltenham it's Cheltenham town <laughs> yes Cheltenham quite quietly uh, are like quite good mm. I think that Michael Duff is showing signs that he could be a manager not only to kind of get a little bit excited about but also just keep an eye on over the summer and next season because he's slowly building something quite tasty at Cheltenham I think you're quite and, right um, and if you're looking you know the teams that they've beaten there it was a one-all draw against against Bury, but you know they've got past Northampton recently. It's not the hardest group of fixtures, let's say that. But at the same time, I mean, Exeter fans should rejoice because every time I've gone near Exeter this season, um, it seems to either trigger a good run or or, or, or start the beginning of their downfall. Um, and you know, it was a disappointing result and performance for them um, last time out in a in a really important game where they were gubbed four-one. Uh, at home to Mansfield, um, but I think this is just a more difficult game than the price suggests. Um, you're getting 13 to eight um, about Cheltenham, and, and given their home form and their, the way they're scoring goals, um, and and the fact that Exeter have conceded four in the weekend, um, it just strikes me as a nice little bit of value. Yeah, really nice that I didn't go for that only because I was just nervous about Exeter, basically for the reasons that you mentioned. Um, they are one of a bunch of teams. Same with Colchester, same with Carlisle to an extent, where if you go against them, they turn up, and if you go with them, they uh, they bottle it. So um, I'm going to go with the team level on points with Forest Green. Uh, sorry, with Exeter, and it's Forest Green. Uh, Forest Green are away at Crawley, and they're 6-5 to five to win this one. Now, I'm not sure everything's all right at Crawley, to be honest with you. We mentioned on one of the pods the other day uh, a reporter, it really went under the radar this, but a, a Daily Mail reporter, I think it was, um, wrote that he'd overheard Felipe Moraes, like quite brazenly slagging off Gabriele Cioffi uh, after one of their recent games. I think it was the 3-0 home defeat to Lincoln. Uh, now, either side of that game, they lost 6-1 against Crewe uh, in one of the worst bits, in one of the worst displays of football I think I've seen this season and uh, they also lost to Morecambe last week now that was a tight game they were by no means blitzed um, pretty even and, and their Twitter account couldn't believe that they'd lost that game but look they're, put it this way they're the worst team in the league Crawley not named Yeovil Notts County and Macclesfield 
Um, they are seven points above that whole relegation scrap, but generally this is a poor side. And Forest Green, away from home, as we know, are very, very good. Um, they are, I think, the second best away team, that's right, below Lincoln in League Two. And if you take out their results against the very top teams away from home, and if you look at the teams below them in the table, they've won 10, drawn three and lost three, which is a fantastic record uh, away from home. So I'm going to keep riding Forest Green. I think that uh, we've mentioned it so many times all season. They're, they're a team that we like just naturally. They play really good football. And they play a style that's unusual for League Two. And I think when it clicks, uh, things go well. Their last two away games were a 2-0 win at Port Vale and a 3-0 win at Colchester, hoping for more of the same at Crawley. Uh, both teams to score. George, what's your fancy this weekend? Yeah, using the old uh, Sunday scouting reports from our uh, from our listeners. Nice. Um, I'm going, for, I'm going, I mean, I've backed Rotherham here, which goes a little bit against the bet, but I'm going for BTTS no. In, in Rotherham against Nottingham Forest uh, at 19 to 20. Um, again, it, it kind of boils down to the fact that I think Rotherham are very, very good at home. I think they're a tough team to beat at home. And uh, and I think that Nottingham Forest, despite some good results, are seemingly not actually playing particularly well. Um, you know, the Sunday's scouting report is telling us that they're very reliant on set pieces and they're being dominated in games. Um, Rotherham, whilst they do generally tend to score at home, um, I, I think this Nottingham Forest team are very, very solid indeed. I think it's going to be a game of very few chances. It's not going to be one for for the purists. Um, I think that Rotherham are, are, are a touch overpriced at kind of the, just over two to one mark. Um, but it's, I mean, I think unders is, a, is basically a good bet as well. And it wouldn't surprise me to see either team win to nil. Um, but unders at, yeah, sorry, both teams score no at picking prices seems like good value to me. I'm already questioning why I decided to choose this one, given that this game is still not sure if it's actually going ahead. Bolton Ipswich BTTS no. Bolton Ipswich BTTS yes. Ooh, okay. <laughs> it's even money, and Bolton in games against the bottom eight have scored in twelve of those thirteen games. So against the bottom clubs, far from plundering the goals, but very much capable and able of scoring. Uh, Ipswich, as we know, although they lost uh, against Hull last weekend, uh, you know that I think they drew six out of seven in a row, uh, 1-1. So it's been a fairly standard banker in recent Ipswich games. Uh, they seem to play very well for about 30 minutes out of 90. Uh, and I, I kind of, I have a feeling given the situation of this game between 23rd and 24th, teams that it's accepted will be relegated. I mean, Bolton will probably protest and say if they win this game, they'll very much think they have a chance of another miracle survival. So this is a game that they will certainly fancy winning. And Ipswich under Paul Lambert, um, you know, he, he's not going to go up to Bolton and, and just play for a nil-nil or anything. There's really nothing in it for him. So I, I see it being quite an open game, even if these aren't teams who are known for their goal scoring. Um, and as such, I think there'll be there'll be plenty of chances uh, for either side. Bit of a buffet style. I think they can sort of help themselves, really. Uh, so BTTS, yes, even money uh, was uh, was something that I was going to take on here. If that game goes ahead, if it doesn't, I'll have to rethink that. Um, what about the long shot this weekend? Yeah, long shot going for a five to one shot uh, with black type, which is Gillingham to win and both teams to score at Peterborough. Uh, Peterborough classically a very good team to back both teams to score with because they're very porous at the back and they, and they do seem to score a fair few uh, their form is very, very patchy um, at home and in general. 
Uh, just two wins in their last six at home. In that time, they've conceded two to Shrewsbury and two to Wickham, two teams who are far, far worse in, the, in their current guys than Gillingham are currently. Gillingham, on the other hand, have, have gone to Kenilworth Road and scored two, which is something that most teams will not be able to do at the moment. They also put a resurgent AS Wimbledon sword aside, as you mentioned, to the sword in a 4-2 <laughs> win. Put their sword to the side. Put the sword to the side. <laughs> if they do that, I'll be very upset. So, and, and I think, yeah, I think Gillingham are a massive, massive, massive value to win this game. Um, so, I mean, if I, they weren't my long shot, they'd have been ahead of Cheltenham as being my bet. But I, I do think that this has the potential to be a high-scoring affair because, as we've already seen with Gillingham on the road um, as well, and, yeah, 5-1, to one, uh, I think it's a knocker. My long shot, talking of swords, uh, Stokes games recently have been sordid affairs. You, you have to be into pain or boredom in, in a really serious way to actually want to watch Stoke games with so many nil-nils, lots of, uh, lots of viral tweets when the Premier League fans catch something out the corner of their eye. Oh, imagine supporting Stoke at the moment. So many nil-nils. That must be rubbish. I think the Stoke fans are quite enjoying it, actually. I think they can see quite a lot of development under Nathan Jones. And if you dig in a little bit deeper into the numbers and watch the games, you'll see that, you know, that they've got a bit unlucky. I guess with a run like that, you sort of think, well, are they lucky not to be conceding goals or are they unlucky not to be scoring goals? And I think it's the latter, really. I think that on balance of play and on the chances they've created over these games, Stoke have been the better side in at least three out of the four. And I quite fancy them to, to, to actually score a goal. Now, they're also, they've also been very proficient at keeping them out. So I'm backing another clean sheet for them, which might be a little dangerous after six in a row. But I've decided that they're going to go to Ewood Park and they're going to beat Blackburn 1-0. Now, that is six to one uh, with black type. Uh, it doesn't need repeating to the regular listeners that I've not been much of a long shot guy this season. I think <laughs> you're not a long, which is ironic because on the football pitch you really are a bit of a long shot merchant. Oh, I sc- scored an absolute beauty in six aside tonight, but that's by the <laughs> by. I am um, I I have lost I've lost my trail of thought thinking about my left foot half volley. Anyway, I, I think Stoke are going to win one 0 Look. If it wasn't for long shots, I think I'd be in profit and, and obviously you would be as well, even to a more extent. So I'm looking forward to reconvening in the summer and pushing hard to bin these off altogether. But I think that this is one that I'm feeling quite happy with compared to, uh, to compared to form, put it that way. So up the Stoke 1-0 at Blackburn um, and up the selections this week. Let's hope for another positive week combined. I need you to really pull your weight mate after uh, after last week but uh, run us through <laughs> run us through what you've gone for yeah so it's BTTS and match and focus between MK Dons and Lincoln uh, Pompey is the two point nap but I would advise everybody just to keep an eye out on that Wickham team and uh, if Mah Kalambai is in goal then uh, maybe just uh, change your stake a little bit maybe uh, and then in uh, in the championship as you have I've gone for Bristol City at home um, against Wigan and then in League 2 Cheltenham at home to Exeter and the BTTS no between Rotherham and uh, Nottingham Forest and the long shot Gillingham and BTTS at Posh Lovely I'm going for 1-1 at 5-1 in MK Dons against Lincoln Bristol City to beat Wigan is my nap in the championship and in League 1 I've got, I'm going Wimbledon to beat Accrington in League 2 Forest Green to beat Crawley both teams to score yes in Bolton versus Ipswich if that one goes ahead. And my long shot is Stoke 
to go to Ewood Park and beat Blackburn 1-0. I hope you've enjoyed this Not The Top 20 pod betting show. Please, immediately after listening, head to Twitter and tweet us your picks for Scoreboard. And if you have enjoyed this one, drop us a retweet. It'd be much appreciated and it really helps us to reach new people. So thanks very much for listening. We'll talk again early next week. <laughs>